You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time, this opportunity to gather inside, together in person, this last time to to speak here in this pulpit with these people um, that you've given me and you've given them uh, me to love. Lord, uh, be with us now. Be at work in our hearts, especially by your word and your spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Merry Christmas. Uh, Before I kind of launch into what I want to say, I just want to express my love to you and and gratitude to the Advent. Um, 2021 will mark... 14 years that I've been a believer, and I've been here six and a half years, and so that means roughly a little less than half the time that I've been a believer. Can you believe? I've been here. <laughs> I was pretty much a, a newbie in ministry and a newbie in, in belief when I came here, and yet... Um, Andrew was crazy enough to make me a, a cannon. <laughs> um, and uh, I've, you know, this has been a really important place and it will remain a really important, not just place, but people and not just this church and, uh, and building, but the city of Birmingham to our family. It was really difficult to, to make this decision to leave uh, to go up north for all those reasons. I mean, this really feels like home. Two of our children were born here. Um, but we feel that God is actually telling us to to go. Um, not only feel like confident that God is telling us to go through several things, um, made it known to us that we ought to, to go to New England. And if we don't, then maybe our time here will become more difficult. Kind of like Jonah, you know, going to Tarshish instead of Nineveh, and he ends up in the belly of a fish. We didn't want to do that. Um, well, I do have a few things to say to you. The, the text, I want to read it again because it's really short, what Catherine read from uh, Galatians 4. And of course, this is here because it relates to Christmas, but this isn't necessarily a Christmas sermon, although every sermon kind of is. It won't f- feel a ton like a Christmas sermon, but it's, I'm, I'm using this text to bounce off of. So this is from Galatians 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Um, and Abba, I've been told, is like uh, the equivalent of daddy. You know, this sort of that closeness of relationship that you get, get there then. It's kind of lost when it's not translated. Uh, but really, it's sort of a passage about our adoption as sons of God, sons and daughters of God. So I want to tell a couple of adoption stories that are really just stories of coming to faith, which are adoption stories. Before I say that, I was listening to something, the the BBC, I just learned about this, has a a happy 
uh, Happy News podcast that comes out on Christmas Day every year, and I listened to that, and there was this one little vignette in there of this guy who's a single guy who was an orphan himself, and uh, he adopted five children who are all siblings. And uh, um, he adopted them because he wanted them to stay together. Um, And he himself was an orphan, so he knows what uh, that's like. And he tells them, I will be your father forever because I know what it's like to not have that. And I don't want that for you. Um, And our um, adoption as sons and daughters of God is like that, but more, you know? you know, I know what it's like to be an orphan uh, for the first 26 years of my life. Uh, clearly in darkness, didn't know I was in darkness, but felt the darkness and knew that something wasn't right. Um, so I just remind you of my own coming to faith, first of all, as a story of adoption, which was this massive shift in my life, huge paradigm worldview shift. I mean, not everything happened right away. I'm still growing, of course, but from that place of uh, agnosticism, atheism at times, just sort of nihilistic, American, um, you know, my worldview is more shaped by Saturday morning cartoons than it was by the Bible, you know? And, and coming to Jesus and had this impulse afterward to share what had just happened to me. And unfortunately, there was really no one there to help me at the time. Um, But I had this urge to share what I, I now knew, and when I did, I, I went out and, and I failed. <laughs> and, and that actually kind of slowed me down because I don't want to keep failing. Um, but I've found that that story here in the South, as long as I've lived here and in South Carolina, it actually doesn't resonate with most of you because the culture here is different than what I grew up in. Now, I know that some folks that I've talked to here have had a similar coming to faith story, but that's actually kind of the, the, the outlier. Um, the, the, the story of faith that I've most encountered has been one like, uh, well, I know this for a fact because I teach people how to share their testimonies. Very short, I say teach, share your testimony in a minute, maybe, or less just to begin to talk to people about faith. When I train them to do this, I say, this is what you do. You describe your life before you came to Christ, how you came to Christ, and you describe your life after. That's it, those are the three parts. And usually what people uh, articulate when they, when they craft that testimony here in Birmingham is, goes something like this. I've always been a Christian. I've always been in the church. I've never not believed in God. But there was this season of my life where uh, something happened and I realized that I wasn't really following Jesus. And I, I made that faith my own. Maybe it was an instant, usually it isn't, usually it's like college, you know, senior year of college or um, something bad happens in adulthood, right? I mean, this person has been where you are, maybe this is some of you, in the pews for years and came to a point and said, uh, this isn't real for me. I'm, I'm kind of going through the motions, I've inherited the thing, uh, and I've made it my own. 
That's the more kind of typical uh, conversion story that I've heard here. Does that resonate with some of you? Maybe that's your story, or have you heard that before? Some nodded heads, maybe, you know, humor me. Um, I, you know, this is so hard to preach to people with masks on. I mean, I can't tell what any of you are thinking. It's just like, all I see are eyeballs. <laughs> I can't tell if anybody's smiling or what. There's a tough crowd with masks. Could you imagine being a comedian these days? That would be terrible. Oh, um, at least there's laughter is uh, allowed when you're doing a comedy act. Um, so here's the story. Before uh, coronavirus, um, you know, uh, remember 2019? Um, end of year 2019, I was across the street. I don't even think it's open anymore. Uh, hopefully it'll reopen one day. There's an O. Henry's. Do you know there's an O. Henry's across the street? There's an O. Henry's across the street in the Regents building. You didn't know this? On the second floor. It used to be. I don't know if it's still open. There's like a food court in there. You go in there, you go in an escalator. I feel like I'm in a shopping mall in the 1980s. But they're remodeling it to look more like... Uh, probably not 2021, but, uh, you know, anyway, they're, they're, they're refurbishing it. But there's an O'Henry's in there, and one day I was, uh, <clears throat> you know, the coffee isn't the greatest coffee downtown, but it's convenient, you know, because it's right across the street. Um, it's sort of like high-end, mediocre O'Henry's. But uh, so I, I went there to get some coffee and prepare for a sermon, and I just had my Bible on a notepad, a, a yellow legal pad, and I was sitting there reading the Bible, and this woman came up to me. Uh, sure enough, while I'm sitting there in the food court uh, outside of O'Henry's, and she said, can I talk to you about what you're reading? And I said, of course, have a seat. And she said, I don't want to take up your time. I said, no, 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 this is the most important thing. Um, uh, go ahead and have a seat. And she sat down. I said, you know, what's going on? And she just sort of unburdened to me that um, <clears throat> she's going through a tough time. She doesn't really know what she believes. She's a Christian. She was just in church on Sunday. She's been going to church all of her life for the most part. And, um, and uh, you know, having pain in her life and then that sort of mixed with this sort of, this doubt, you know? Um, and I said, well, would you mind if I shared the gospel with you? Um, which is kind of a funny thing to think to do to share with a Christian, you know, or someone who was just in church on Sunday. I, I said, you know, I'm, I'm sure that you know the gospel, the good news, have you heard that? She said, yes. And I said, well, would you mind if I just shared with you my understanding of the good news of Jesus Christ? And she said, sure, go ahead. So this is what I told her. I'm going to tell her, okay? Uh, tell you, sorry, what I told her. I said, you know, we live in a world, this is, this is what I experienced, what I was telling you earlier, uh, we live in a world that is just, is broken. It's, it has, it's full of darkness. Um, and, you know, you really don't have to go very far to figure that out. I mean, just turn on the news these days uh, with the coronavirus, uh, th this bombing in Nashville on, you know, who does that on, on Christmas morning? And not, and not just the news, the things that you probably feel, the types of things this woman was feeling in her heart that day, you've probably felt that way too. At the same time that we live in this world that is uh, broken and full of sadness and grief and suffering and death, there are still good things. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, like, look at the stained glass. Look at this, this beautiful building. Um, or 
things in nature. You know, this Jup- was it Jupiter and Saturn the other night coming together? Like, how amazing is that? What was it purple or orange in the sky? Uh, and, and then there are th- things that we experience relationally where people actually treat us well. Sometimes we have a good day. You know, sometimes you go to a, a Trattoria and you have the best lunch, you know, <laughs> and just that afternoon is great. So not everything is bad. Sometimes we experience the good. And the reason why we have these good experiences is because that is the way that God meant life to be. He actually meant for it to be like that, those points of beauty and goodness and kindness. And so we still have glimpses of that in this life. But the reason why the world still it has brokenness in it is because we have rebelled against God. Ever since the beginning, the very first people and all of us, you and I, we, we continue to rebel. And that rebellion is what God calls sin. And sin isn't just about activity. It's a disease. It's, sin is a disease that has infected our hearts, our lives. It has infected this world. And that's what's causing the brokenness. And none of us like living in this world full of that sadness and darkness and brokenness. And so we try to do things to heal it on our own. Sometimes we do really good things. My whole life, for the most part, up until I became a believer, was on this uh, path of, su- uh, uh, of success. You know, live the American dream, get good grades, get a good job so you can make good money, and then you'll be happy. And it just was this hamster wheel. I was doing things like that, thinking that's where I would find happiness. Sometimes people do extreme things like take drugs or zone out on video games all day to escape the brokenness that we feel. Uh, Sometimes people do really terrible things like try to end it all uh, by taking their own life, But, but none of these things deliver us. They just keep us in that cycle of brokenness. If we stay there, we will be forever cut off from God. But there is good news that God did for us what uh, we can never do for ourselves. In sending, this is the Christmas part, in sending his son Jesus Christ from heaven down to earth to live as a perfect man, the life that you and I need to live but can't live, he lived for us. And then some evil men killed him on a cross and God accepted that bloody death on the cross as a sacrifice to reconcile us to himself. And here's the cool thing, he did not stay dead. He rose from the dead uh, to eternal life. The first person to, to rise from the dead to eternal life, paving a path for you and me to follow him in eternity. And so this is what we need to do. Instead of trying to find uh, deliverance in things like career and academics or zoning out in video games or drugs or being so uh, hopeless that we try to end it all, instead what we need to do is to turn from all of that uh, is what the Bible calls repentance, to repent and believe in this message about Jesus and to make him the Lord of our life, to make him our king. And when we do that, we are restored in right relationship with God. And God sends his Holy Spirit to live inside of us and begins to renew us. We're not perfect. We never will be perfect in this life, but he begins to shape us, to be at work in our life. And he wants us to go back into the brokenness and tell people about this. So I told this to the woman, uh, uh, her name was Janice, at O'Henry's in the, um, the, uh, the food court there across the street. And I said, well, where are you with this? 
Would you say that you are sort of in this cycle of brokenness and depending on those types of things to uh, be delivered from uh, sin and death and grief? Or would you say that you're a a person who has turned and believed and uh, restored the relationship with God? And she said this, Janice, who had just been in church on Sunday, who's been in church her whole life, who told me that she was a Christian, said this to me, yeah, I've never done that making him my king thing before. And remember, because that's what I said. And I said, Janice, do you want to do that right now? And she goes like this. Let's do it. <laughs> I just, she said, what do I do? I said, I don't know. Do you know Romans 10.9? She actually knew Romans 10.9. She cited it to me. You know, if you believe in your heart, what is it that uh, God raised uh, Jesus from the dead and confess him as Lord, you will be saved. I said, do that. When you pray, just do that. Pour out your heart to him, confess him as Lord, and tell him that you believe this message about Jesus. And she did it. High five. You're, you know, what's today's date? This is your new birthday. When can we get together again? And I did. I brought a woman with me the next time <clears throat> to disciple her. Where are you with this? Either, they're, they're really one of two things that I, I want to say to you, because you're in one of these two camps, and I'm one, in one of these two camps myself. We, we're in one of these two places with what I've just said. And this relates to Galatians 4, adoption as heirs of eternal life. Where are you with what I've just said? Are, are you like Janice? You don't actually know God the Father, have adoption and the Spirit in your heart, perhaps never confessed him as Lord before, but sort of going through the motions of it all? Or maybe you know people like that. Maybe you're on this side of the equation, and Jesus is the center of your gravity, but chances are you know and love people for whom this is true that uh, Christianity is a, a cultural idea that is acceptable to them, but, but Jesus is not really the center of their life. And your commission is, is to go. You don't even need to go to the ends of the earth. Uh, your Jerusalem is here, the people that you know, your friends and family. And so I have an invitation for you this morning. Uh, this, is, this is kind of an altar call because, you know, if you're on option one, this is like a sort of an altar call that I'm giving this morning. I'm just be clear about what I'm doing. Um, but if you're in option two and, and you're like me and we're on this, you know, we're on team Jesus, the invitation I have for you, and this is probably most of you here, uh, the invitation that I have for you is, is to, to be on mission with this message um, for the, the Janices of the world, many of whom you know and love. They're in your f- family. You have f- friends like this or coworkers. Um, or, you know, maybe you're like Janice. To th- this morning, you know, is there anything that prevents you uh, from actually turning, from trusting in all those things of the world, the things that you do, and believing instead of Jesus and saying, yes, you are my Lord. I will follow you. 
I want this restoration with, with you. I want your Holy Spirit in my life. And so here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pray, and everybody, I'm gonna ask you just, everybody in the room to close your eyes. And if you uh, would like to accept one of those two invitations, the invitation either to, to receive Jesus and make him Lord of your life, or the invitation of a sort of a recommitment to share this message with the people that you love. If that applies to any of you, if, if, you're, if there's a tension in your heart right now, we all have our eyes closed. I ask you just please stand. And I'm gonna pray for you, pray for us. Father, I thank you that you do not leave us to our own devices, stuck in this bondage, this slavery to sin and death and doing things our own way. But instead, in love, you have sent your son, Jesus Christ, to do the thing that we cannot do, to save us. Lord, thank you so much that he didn't stay dead but rose from the dead and we have assurance that we will be with you in eternal life. We turn away from those things and we believe in your son and we make him king. Give us your Holy Spirit. And as we have your spirit, send us back. Send us back into the battlefield of brokenness to have the boldness to share this message with the people we know and love, to trust in confidence that you will be with us as your son promised at the end of Matthew's gospel, that when we do this, you are with us, and we don't even need to worry about what it is we will say because your spirit will speak through us. Bless us, Lord. Uh, Keep us safe. Keep us safe from the coronavirus. Keep us safe from the schemes of the the enemy. Help us to grow uh, in fellowship with one another. Help us to grow spiritually in relationship with you. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Final word. Uh, If you you just stood up, uh, you just made my day. Amen. Tell somebody about what you've just done. Tell two people about what you've just done. Um, uh, To to follow through with what you're doing. You know, are there one or two people that you can say, look, this thing just happened to me this morning. I want to tell you about uh, what I've just done. And and to, to, to help you to grow in your faith, there's a whole team of people here who want to work with you. And it's not just Andrew or Wes or Annie it's, uh, I'm looking out here, you know, Carol Collier, the Lanier's, the Hansons, the Kings. I mean, I, I, excuse me if I'm not naming you, it's just there are people here who will walk with you and help you to grow uh, and just let someone know if, if you would like that. Praise God, amen. God bless you, I love you. Our family will miss you. Stay in touch. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you will join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.